Hey guys, how is everybody? I am feeling pretty pumped. Welcome to another episode of Game Train. This time we're on uh, number 42 and we have a lot to jump into. We've got our feature game, uh, Crew 2, which I can't wait to jump into. We've both been uh, diving in a lot. We being me, myself, Carl Smith and Callan Davison. Hello. There he is. Uh, we're going to talk about some possible Xbox future console ideas. We're going to jump into um, some Octopath, uh, you know, preconceived ideas of how we feel about what it's going to be like, judging from the current demo that's out. We're going to jump into like even one of the free games that I jumped into um, and some live orchestral music, which we'll get a lot more into. But uh, before all that, let's jump into the news. Code Vein has been delayed, unfortunately, to uh, 2019. I'm sad about this news. I was really looking forward to that. I know, it looks so good. But, but um, uh, a lot of people did complain that it looked a bit too floaty or it just didn't feel right. So I'm hoping they're just tightening everything up. I hope so, yeah. So it, it could be a good thing. It could be a good thing. But now next year we've got two Souls-like games releasing... Uh, Shadows Die Twice and Code Vein, so that should be interesting, which comes out on top well, there. When's Neo 2 coming out? Oh, that was just a tease. I'm expecting 2020. Ooh, really? I, I don't know. I feel like it could be late next year. Nah, no. No way. No? No. Nah. We'll see. Maybe nah. you can win your $20 back. Whoa. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, the We Happy Few has got uh, classified finally in Australia, so it did get banned, and now it's been unbanned, so that comes out August 10th. Yay! I wonder if they changed anything. Do no, you know? they didn't. They just resubmitted it for uh, classification. And now the classification board has come out and said they've got to update all their terms and stuff to get, you know, more into the modern age sort of thing. So that can only be a good thing, I'd say. Oh, good. Especially for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so Darksiders 3, the one featuring Fury, has finally got a release date. It's coming out November 28th of this year. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Ubisoft has announced that the next DLC for Far Cry 5, Lost on Mars, will be out Tuesday the 17th of July. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. The last one was pretty cool, but it was um, it seemed quite similar to what the game was anyway, just at least in the setting, because it was, you know, earth and trees and grass. And But now, like, I just, I'm, I'm very curious what they do with this. Yeah, it looks interesting, so that should be kind of a bit of fun. Yeah, something to jump into. I, I really love how Ubisoft does this with their, like, especially their one-player games. They really get behind it for, like, a good solid year and a bit mm -hmm. to keep it relevant there. Um, okay, and also, uh, this last bit of news is, I thought was pretty interesting. Launching in the summer, just when everyone thought that, uh, you know, the 3DS and 2DS family is getting sort of buried by the Switch, there's three new 2DS XL editions coming out. There is an Animal Crossing one, a Mario Kart 7 one, and a Minecraft Creeper edition. And each of, each of these comes preloaded with the games they represent. So like um, Minecraft, uh, Animal Crossing, New Leaf, Welcome Amiibo, and Mario Kart 7 will be preloaded uh, in each of these ones, respectively. Um, I was most impressed by the fact that there's a Minecraft one coming out, which is... It's just like solidifying that uh, Nintendo-Xbox relationship, seeing as Minecraft is solely owned by Microsoft and has been for the last, like, three years, I want to say. Mm. So, I don't know. And, like, lately, with all their sort of... They're in cahoots with their, you know, their um, public tweeting to each other and being all friendly and having their, like, let's play together on uh, Fortnite. They even have that commercial that has, like the green of the Xbox and the red for the Switch appearing on both sides of the screen. Like, there's some really interesting friendships happening here between the two companies that I'm extremely excited about to see what happens in the future. Like, this is something I've just... I never would have predicted in, in like, the landscape of gaming. I think it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So I wonder if it's going to push PlayStation to, like, pull their finger out and start sharing... You know, playing together—they're just too powerful to need it right now. But how long can that last? You know, so I don't know. But um, that being said, that's the news. 
So on to this next bit. Like sometimes we have a little topic piece here if there's something to talk about. Uh, and and today I thought we might just jump into this because multiple sources have been pointing to the possibility. Like nothing completely solid. There's been you know stuff Phil Spencer said at the E3 um, presentation where he mentioned Xbox consoles as a plural, um, and there was a um, an Xbox Insider website, Thorot, who has reason to believe as well. But the, the fact is that people seem to think that Xbox's plans for the future, the next gen of consoles, is to release two consoles at the same time, kind of like a you know Xbox One and Xbox One S or PS4 and PS4 Pro idea, but without that gap in the middle. What... Any thoughts, Mr. Davison? Yeah, I can just see it being like, you know, your standard consumer one and then your sort of, I guess, um, what would you call it? Um, I've forgotten the word now, but people... Well, that- like, like a core gamer or something? Hard yeah, gamers, yeah. Or- like for the ones that want to spend the extra to get that bit of extra power. And I'm kind of okay with this. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's weird. I, mean- I know like people be like, oh yeah, but you know... You have to pay extra to get... Well, it's your choice if you want to pay extra. They can both play the same games, right? Yeah. One's just going to be a bit quicker than the other one, maybe a bigger hard drive, um, you know, a bit more raw processing power. Um, you know, just... just uh, Yeah, things like that. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, if you told me this like 10 years ago, I think this is such a stupid, confusing idea. But now it just makes so much sense because of the success of both of these like extra consoles. And not only that, but like, you know, having the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro come out, it's put the first console at like they've cut the price down. And it's so much more of an entry level one that like so many more people that I know have both consoles now because they're like, oh, well, you know, I've got my favorite one, but now this other one is like, there's at least a cheap entry model version I can get of it and not miss out on all the exclusives. And it, it's kind of just like PC sort of um, universe, you know, where you just, you can get a U-Butte awesome PC or you can get one that's just kind of just good enough to run all the current games. Look, I'll be just happy with the new Xbox if it can run all the old Xbox One stuff, which I'm pretty sure they would have designed it around that fact now because they realize how popular backwards compatibility actually is yeah that's very true um and another thought i I thought i should bring up so this all of this sort of uh, was brought to my attention by our good friend matt from uh, drop bear gaming check them out a lot of fun uh but he mentioned too i was saying like you know this all is well and good but the the cool thing is that possibly xbox getting like a whole year head start on playstation which could be very good for them and I was saying, like, well, it'll only be good if they have the software and gaming to match it, and that if they are releasing next-gen games that you can't play on any of the current-gen stuff. And I was like, you know, I hope they have stuff to back up. And he reminded me and said, like, well, it's lucky that they just bought, like, five companies to make games for them. Yeah, I can't see him jumping the gun and going first before PlayStation. I think PlayStation pulls the trigger first this time, and Microsoft um, waits six months off and sort of bumps up their hardware just that little bit extra, right? And so they can go, hey, we've got the most powerful console again. You reckon? You yep. don't think Microsoft's going to jump in first? Nah, I totally nah, think Microsoft's nah. going to go in first. No way. No. Nah. No, nah, it'll be just like PS Pro and Xbox One X. Uh, there, was that, there was that gap, and Microsoft um, will go second this time again. I don't know. I don't think they can afford to. Like, if PlayStation go first again, they're going to just get all of their fans to jump straight across, I reckon, especially with like next gen games. I don't know. I think I think Xbox will and should go first. No, I think I'm thinking Xbox goes second. Whoa. Okay. Interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll have to uh, come back to this recording and see how we. We'll have to bookmark this. Mm. Uh, but yeah. So that is um, that's all pretty interesting. I just thought we'd we'd have a little second to throw our thoughts around on that but um let's jump into some of the uh the games we've been playing since the last episode or the games we've Uh, been listening to or the games we've been listening to ah nice okay you want to jump in and tell us some of your adventures yeah so i went up to uh sydney last weekend to check out the kingdom hearts orchestra which is doing a world tour at the moment so they toured a bit of the world last year um, but then this year they've come out to again and they're going to uh, more destinations and one was the Sydney Opera House. So I wow, head up pants. to Sydney to go check it all out. 
which was uh, nice. which was pretty cool. So um, they had a full orchestra there uh, with a choir as well. Um, and yeah, it went for about two hours, I reckon. Um, oh, yep. They nice. played all these songs from Kingdom Hearts. It was just it was just weird when it started because. It was so on point that I just thought I was just listening to the game. I didn't re- like. You could have almost gone, "Oh, they're just playing the soundtrack over the speakers." Wow! <laughs> but then that's the problem with being then, too good. It was the bits, the other bits, like the um, the really high stuff, like the cymbals crashing, that you realize, "Hang on a second, this is actually live." Wow. Um. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It was. Um. Yeah. They played stuff from all the games, including stuff like Dream Drop Distance and all that. And at the same time, they had all sort of video screens going up in the background, showing different clips of the games and all that. So if you had not played all the Kingdom Hearts games before, as some people in the audience hadn't, because I heard them talking behind me, oh my gosh, uh-huh. um, the spoilers, <laughs> the spoilers that would have just been rushing out was just immense. Oh man. Um, did they show on that big screen any of the like uh, actual playing, like the orchestra at all, or was it always footage from the game? It was always footage from the game. So the orchestra were on the stage, and then above them was this screen. Ah, uh, right. And how how far away were you? Could you actually like watch them make the, all this magic happen, or were there like little dots to you? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sydney Opera House like area only fits a couple of thousand people in, and oh, nice. we're sort of in the center up on the raised level so we could see everything from where we were oh good spot cool yeah um yeah nice. it, was, it, was re- it was really good um i bought a t-shirt but yeah you know um if you're just uh attending this as someone that wasn't really into gaming that i think you'd still enjoy it it was still enjoyable to just sit there and 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 watch even though you probably wouldn't understand what was happening on the screen at the same time um there are yeah, a couple of okay. cosplayers there as well also, Yoko Shimomura, who is the uh, original composer of Kingdom Hearts, was there, and she came out and played a song with the orchestra as well. Oh, nice. What did she play? Oh, uh, she it was sort of like an overture at the end sort of thing, but she was like on the piano and stuff, It was, which was pretty cool. Ah, uh, cool. That's that's what I wanted to know. What instrument, sorry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah. She came out and nice. played the uh, piano and stuff. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. Um, they that also is, did a, um, a great, um, uh, I, I didn't think they were going to play the, um, the passion song from Kingdom Hearts, which is the one with like a lot of lyrics and electric guitar and stuff. Yeah. But they did. Nice. Uh, nice. No electric, they went all guitar, out. no electric guitar or, or lyrics, but they did it with an, an orchestral version. Oh, wow. That would have been awesome. Yes. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was pretty cool. So yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, so that was the only time it was going to be in Australia that one night. Wow, nice. I didn't think she'd be there. She is like a gaming music legend. She did a lot of the music for Street Fighter 2, including um, Guile's theme, which is like one of the most famous fighting game themes ever. Yeah. So that's oh, pretty amazing. And they also, also you, you'd really like this one. So Kingdom Hearts 3, um, they showed a bit of that. Yeah. Right. Uh, do you want to hear the spoilers? No, no, I do not. Uh, no spoilers, no. But they're, sh- they're showing off some of the Toy Story um, level, right? Yeah. But they also played the song from it uh, orchestrally live as well. Huh. So it was like a special sort of, you know, sneak preview at it, I guess. Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that, 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 that was, that was really with. cool as well. So yeah, I, uh, I really did enjoy it. It was a good night. Nice. Um, well, that is friggin' awesome, and I'm slightly jelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as for games we've been playing, uh, we both, especially you, have jumped into the uh, Octopath Traveler demo. Oh my gosh, that demo. Wow, it, that definitely deserved um, friggin' the Games with Gold Plus award last month. Right? I mean, we had a little bit of backlash. We, we had, for our we had, but lack of, you um, know what? That's justified because. I'll tell you what, I've put 15 to 20 hours into a three-hour demo. Think about it. 15 to 20 hours in a demo in 2018. I am so impressed with that number. Yeah, and it's a three-hour demo, so think about that. Yep, so 
you played it a lot and a lot. I did, I did. I went through each character's beginning story. See, what's cool All though I... is that you've you did that much hours in a three-hour demo. But for people just hearing those stats, it makes them think like you played the same three hours over and over. But it's different no. content. It's like it was different. It was different content until the very last run through. So in, in the game, you choose one person that you start off with. Yep. Then you start going around the map, and you can um, get the other protagonists of the game to join you. you. You can choose not to, if you want, yep. or you can. So, yeah, I kept going around at the start for the three hours, starting off with one, maybe picking out one or two. Then once I'd seen everyone's start, I went back to the very beginning, started it all over again, I, and then just ran and tried to pick up all eight, and I managed to get all eight in two hours and 50 minutes. Nice. So that means you've got about 18 hours of unique content from this demo. Uh, I'd say everyone's start story goes for an hour, one and a half hours. Plus I messed around for a while and then did that. Yeah, there was a, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty, so I, pretty and, amazing. Oh, and that save now um, continues over into the actual game. Yeah. So when I start the actual game, I'll have everyone all ready to go in my party and I just start off into the new content of chapter two. So I've, I've completed chapter one of the full game now. Which, by the time people are listening to this, you will have been well on your way on that adventure, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I would have hopefully have started it. And, uh, That's pretty exciting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Look, I, I'm, uh, I really enjoyed the demo. Okay, I'll, I'll admit I did not get it at first. I started playing yep. and my eyes glazed over. And yeah, was, you had a bit of trouble was, each time, right? Yeah, I tried with the demo that came out a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I oh, eyes glazed over. I'm like, no. Nah, See, I love that demo. I jumped into that one and played the uh, the dancer and was just like, whoa. There was something like cute but dark at the same time. It was like Game of Thrones meets old school Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. The the dancer story is quite uh, quite adult, even though it doesn't say it as such. But there's a lot of themes referenced in that one. Yeah, the whole game just seems like, in, not just in its story, but even in the art, it's, it's all like just kind of mature. It's like it's made for old school gamers who remember these cutesy sort of like pixelated graphics, but they've they've just mm. made it so moody and mature in this beautiful way. Like, oh, it's stunning, just stunning. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. But yeah, I couldn't get into it at first, and then I tried again as the hunter this time. And then she's got a very different style of language. She has the very old English style of talking. Yeah, but almost and to the point of like... Um, ridiculousness. Yeah, it like just getting, like teasing it, having a laugh nearly, because it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I didn't enjoy that. I was like, mm, I couldn't do a whole game. As, and I stopped again. Yeah. And then I went, no, I've got to try this. I've got to... Because I'm reviewing it soon. I'm like, gee, I've got to play it. So I tried the demo again. Yeah. And then this time I played the thief and I don't know. I just got through that initial talking stage because each person's chapter has a lot of talking at the start. Yeah. Once I got through that into the combat, started learning the battle system and then started recruiting other people. And then I was just, oh, bang, I was in. Yeah, it. it clicked. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And now I'm, I'm like all in. Well, I've been like sitting back like, come on, break street date, break street date. <laughs> you know, just wanting to play this game. Oh, man. Yeah, that classic feeling of the the day before it comes out yeah and people are like oh can't you be patient about it because i've been posting on the internet like is this game coming out yeah is it broken street then people are like oh just be patient i'm like no i will not be patient <laughs> we're a bit we're a bit spoiled nowadays with like yeah oh it's coming out tomorrow we should already be playing this game <laughs> uh well i think the three hour demo didn't help that in the fact that i was i was already in and it's like, ugh, I've got to wait now to continue. Yeah, well, that's how I feel all the time with my slow internet anyway. When it just downloads yeah. that first, like, couple hours, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Please wait another 16 hours before the rest is downloaded. I'm like, no way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what else? I've, I jumped into um, Assault Android Cactus. This, uh, just like last night, actually. I was curious because it was one of the free Xbox... Games with gold, and it just keeps looking at me at the you know that first menu screen when you s- sign into Xbox. I'm like, ah, what the hell? It's free. Let's see what this dumb looking thing is. Um, and I had just so much fun. It's it's so cool. It's like an old school twin stick shooter. 
you know, you're like top down and one stick is to move around, the other one is to aim and you're just constantly shooting, kind of like those old uh, top down um, games that are like uh, jet planes shooting, you know, with like bullets everywhere, like bullet hell uh, and kind of like the old Raiden or 1940 something or other games. Uh, it's really cool. It's co-op up to four players uh, and it's tiny. It's like less than four gigs. So it's really quick to download. Um, and I had a lot of fun with it. I played through a couple of le- levels. I killed the first boss. It got super hectic. Uh, instead of lives, because you're all these little robot androids, you're collecting battery power. So if you get knocked out, mm. you can get back up as long as you still have a bit of battery. And you're like, if you shoot enough bad guys, they drop batteries so you can recharge a little bit. Um, I'm really curious to see what it's like to play with other players. So I'm hoping, Callan, that you get it just so we can jump on. Even if you hate it, just play it and delete it because it's so small but uh, i think it's really worth it because well, especially being free um but yeah it kind of surprised me the art is a bit eh it's it's not really selling me but it feels really smooth and it is a lot of fun but uh to back myself up from last episode i still think octopath traveler deserved the award regardless <laughs> it, yeah it gets it it takes it yeah yeah, nah, sorry. It, it just yeah. It's so. I mean, I played it for what two hours and was like, um, yeah. I've actually got a question for you. Um, <coughs> with Nintendo's online service coming on in September, right? Yeah. And they're going to be adding old school games and stuff for free with the service. Yeah. Will that now be going up against PlayStation and Xbox each month? Wow. Like, pr- like, like. I know we're having a bit of fun with this, saying that Octopath Traveler won this one against the other two but will nintendo formally step into the ring come september when they start adding free games to their service too i feel they should yeah yeah well as long as it's um you know kind of like clockwork uh i think i think they definitely should jump in there and you know competition makes it all get stronger so i think they'll officially be part of our our battles um cool which we do have a new official name for that we'll announce next episode uh, this episode after next episode. Ah, the oh well, you'll have to hold oh, your horses. Yeah, yeah. Episode after next episode, it will be. Yeah, yeah. Whenever the new ones are available for. Yeah, PS whenever Plus. the next ones. Yeah, we have a official uh, trophy that will be given out. Yeah, yeah. Think, think like the uh, how the Academy Award have the Oscar. We have yeah. we have our own name, but yeah, you'll hear more about that in a few episodes. We'll uh, we'll get into that. Um, and also, Callan, you've been playing a bit of Tomb Raider finally. Yes, so with Tomb Raider, the new one coming out in September this year, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Yeah, I thought it was time I jumped back into the other Tomb Raider games to catch up. I hadn't. I had played through one, about four-fifths of it, I reckon I got through. Four-fifths? Wow, that's nicely yep. specific. Oh, it's 80% of through the game. Ah, nice. About, I felt, after I finished it the other day. So I went back, and I didn't have my old save game, so I started again, but on easy this time, and pretty much ran through the game. Nice, nice, as you do. Uh, yeah, and it was good. And now I started part two, which is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yes. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. Isn't it just unreal? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love that like, game. This, this game, in a, in a way, hurt itself in that, A, it went exclusive for a year on Xbox. Yeah. And B, dropped the same day as Fallout 4. Yeah, correct. Um, I remember lining up for Fallout 4 that night. And everyone was there for Fallout 4 by one person. Like, yeah. So, I think it hurt itself in a way, but I think it was... Yeah, I think it's an excellent game. Like, I'm uh, 40% through it now, I think, on the menu it says. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so I'm, get, I'm getting through it. Um, it's it's great. I'm really, really looking forward to part three now. Oh, man. I, can't, I cannot like, wait. What, like, two is what a true sequel should be, is taking everything that made the first one great, but improving on it and making it better. Yes. Oh, September. And I'm hoping part three does that because the one thing that you and I had a quick discussion about this the other day is the stealth elements yes. aren't quite there yet. Yeah, which looks like what they're really putting into part three from all the uh, promotional yeah. stuff they've been releasing. Yeah. And it's going to be the biggest area they've ever made, like sort of exploration area, which is going to be really cool because the exploration areas in two are quite big. Yes, yep. So, even bigger than that, I'm all for, and more tombs. Yes. There weren't, and I feel there it's a Tomb Raider game, there are tombs, but I know what you mean, you were saying, oh, there's not enough tombs. Yes, yeah, yeah, it just didn't feel 
Tomb Raider-y, which I guess they were kind of going for a new thing, but it's like, don't make it too new that it's not not raiding tombs. You know? Yeah. And, and they are so fun. But there are tombs in there are tombs in 2. I've done a heap. Yeah, already. yeah, there's a lot more in 2. 2 already improved on that, so... Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to what they um, what they bring forward in three. But if they they add proper stealth elements, like, and I mean, like the thing about um, these Tomb Raider games is that especially one one didn't have much stealth at all, and it was like you go into an area and it's just waves of dudes and you just fight them and then you do some puzzles and then you fight more. While two, it feels like there's less waves of dudes and there's a bit more sneaking at times. Yeah, I feel like three. I'd like to see it go way more stealth, and yeah, I uh, the waves of dudes is just, uh, you know, do it more stealthy. Have a sneak through, and you got to take out, try and take out the whole camp, and and things like this. It just make it so much more fun. Yeah, very true. And also, what they changed from like one to two is it was that like in one you could just find salvage of animals. This time you find animal skins and that. In three, I'd like it that you can, you know, I don't know, eat animals to survive or something. Because it's in the jungle in, in what, Peru this time? Yeah. Mayan, Aztecian sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping they just add a lot more of stuff like that, like survivability. And it looks like you can put face paint on and blend into the environment a bit more. And i just like to see a bit of that and setting more traps and things. It just add a lot more to that whole sort of, I don't know, maybe more guerrilla tactics and just taking on like 30 people head on with your, like your shotgun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think I feel like they are kind of leaning more towards that. And like, you know, games like um, just the, um, the Dark Souls type games are really just promoting the idea of making each each enemy just a little bit more challenging instead of like 20 enemies let's say just make it five but they're all a bit trickier and have a bit more of a strategy to kill and think that way instead of just like how do i take out all of these enemies because like the difference between uncharted and tomb raider is that okay obviously the protagonists um but tomb raider feels more um explory than um you know uncharted yeah uh and but and Uncharted's done that whole cover system, waves of people coming in over and over again. I yeah, just like Tomb Raider, step away from that, go with more of a stealth exploration style. Yeah, and it just really separate itself from Uncharted because you're like, oh, it's like Uncharted. No, but I'm like, also Tomb Raider is a lot more RPG elements than Uncharted because like things like your outfits and your weapons are yours and you upgrade them, and I really love that. Whereas Uncharted is like you don't have any outfits that change any of your loadout and every weapon you just pick up off the ground, use up till it's done and throw away. Oh, yeah. But actually one issue I had with part two is that you don't have a knife at the start. It's like the one thing, if you're in the wilds or whatever, you're taking a knife with you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, but that's just my little pet peeve. It's like when Drake goes freaking tomb hunting and he doesn't have a torch on him. It's like, what? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, correct. Like, it's the one thing you take. Man. <laughs> At least Lara's got her, like, little flares and stuff in, in part two. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, you just thought, you know, she's gone out into, like, uh, in part two into um, Siberia. You think she'd just have a knife strapped to her leg or whatever, just in case. Yes. You, anyway. You would, right, you would cool. think so. I just... Yeah. So now that you're finally on board with me on this... um. Tomb Raider hype. It looks like September is going to be pretty hectic, like a pretty exciting, awesome month. With like, so Tomb Raider is September fourteen, Spider Man yep. September seven. We've got that yep. Destiny Forsaken thing September four. Like, yep. it's and there's even the I think Xenoblade Chronicles DLC Chronicles two is somewhere in September. Yeah, that's in September. Code Vein was in September. It's being pushed out now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spyro's in September. Oh, Life is Strange 2, September yeah, 27. Yeah, Life is Strange 2, part one, yep. Yep. So, and V-Rally 4, which is just me, I'm into rally games, so. And then at the start of October is the big one, obviously. Yeah, um, but I mean, I thought. Forza. Yeah, of course, Forza. That's the only thing coming out in October, I think. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, what, Assassin's <laughs> Creed Odyssey? Uh, Mario Party? Uh, it was just, it was a Red Dead Redemption 2 joke, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that game's still coming out? No, nah, never, because it wasn't at E3, so... Yes, uh, okay, so that brings us into our shout-out of this episode, which I will uh, hand this over to Callan. 
Kaboom. Yes. Uh, so I just I mentioned that in the last episode I was going to a drinks night with uh, some people from AGPN, which is the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Uh, I went to this at Bartronica in Melbourne. It was a lot of fun. I met some other podcasters, etc. Hung out, had some drinks. Nice, nice. It's good times. Nice. That sounds like yeah. a good time indeed. I'm, I'm waiting till I'm able to do one of those in Brisbane where I'm not doing a gig. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to do something like that. As I said, mate, you got to do a gig and invite everyone there. Yes, correct. I have to do That's some self-promotion. probably self-emotion. an easier thing for you to do. It is, it is. Uh, we will look into that faux show. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our feature game in this episode. That is Ubisoft's very own The Crew 2. Right, so The Crew 2. This one is developed actually by Ivory Tower and published by Ubisoft. Um, it's on it's on PC, well, Windows, uh, and PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It's a sequel to The Crew, obviously, which came out in 2014. Uh, and it's, it's just like this persistent open world environment, free roaming across this like huge recreation of uh, the United States. Uh, and, and you can control like all kinds of vehicles, cars, motorbikes, boats, airplanes, hovercrafts, helicopters. Uh, and even like within those, there's all kinds of difference, like rally cars and F1 and like drifting cars. And there's like road bikes and dirt bikes, monster trucks. It's pretty insane. Hypercars. And hypercars. Thank you, Callan. Ladies and gentlemen, be known that Callan has once said hypercars. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It's it's huge. It's open. It's If, if any of you guys played um, Steep, Ubisoft's sort of uh, big, what was that, like extreme sports, snow, extreme snow, winter sports kind of game. It's kind of oh, similar. I'd say, yeah, it was a, a, a boarding skiing game. Yeah. Um, and that one, like... A ski boarding game? Well, that you could also use a jetpack in and that you could also do like um, wingsuit and parachuting. So it was kind of a similar thing, but and they still had that big open world. Friends can drop in and out. It's really like... They've said that it's a lot more of a, um, a concentration on, on creating a really big playground than making like a sort of A to B game that you start and finish. It's more just trying to create a world and all different things that you can do in it to have fun, which I really saw quite early in the game while Callan was kind of playing it a bit more old school he was going to the menu which is a full different option that you can do you go to menu and you select different activities and you just go like from race to race and slowly level up or you can just like go into the world and drive around have your like three favorite vehicles set up for like sea land and air and at any stage in the map you can just press a button and transform literally transform from a car to a plane and start flying and then you can fly over the ocean and press that button and transform into a boat, land in the water and start like just riding on your boat. And you can find activities that way, which is a lot slower to level up, but a lot more like just messing around in this open world and seeing what kind of crazy stunts and fun like videos and photos you can take. There's a lot to do. Um, How do you find it? Yeah, it's uh, well, you're saying it's a big America sort of styled game, which is really cool. Um, they've at, they've got like New York, LA, Vegas, Nashville, San Francisco, Detroit, Chicago. So all the oh New Orleans as well. Um, plus like your Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, uh, Niagara Falls, which didn't look like Niagara Falls by the way. That was one thing they got wrong there. Um, well, a lot of liberties <laughs> taken to fit America uh, um, in that small. Uh, you know, Mount Rushmore. They've got all these things from America and they've crammed it in this map which takes about, if you're driving from one side to the other, probably takes about 50 minutes, I reckon. 50? Like 5-0 or 15? 50. Wow. So it's a big map. It's a, it's a big map. And uh, yeah, you know, they, they've, they've shrunken these areas down. Like, for example, LA. I went past the area where I stayed in LA, this hostel, 
at Venice Beach because I found the Venice Beach sign and looked across and here's the little building that I stayed in yep, and stuff. Yep. Vegas, Vegas Strip, you know, they've got everything set up just like the Vegas Strip, but they've just changed all the names subtly. Like um, they've called like the, the Luxor, which is like the Egyptian style um, pyramid casino. They've called it the Ramses, I think this time. Yeah. And, and things like that. So they've just changed little things like that. Um, I think the wind building, instead of W-Y-N-N, it's like, is it W-I-N or something like that? I don't know. I didn't quite see ah, that so one. So they've, they've just, you know, changed all these things. You've got all, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, you know, it's, it's a big game that you just can just drive around in. And, but as Kyle said, I just chained events from back to back to back. So I do all these like car races and then I do all the, um, drifting and then the drag racing and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it wasn't until later on that I sort of started getting out and exploring the world and doing different things and trying to do like photography challenges and, and yeah. things like that. Well, their photo mode, I, you know, any of our listeners know that I'm well into my photo modes in old games, but this one was really fun how they implemented it. And next minute, Callan's in there like full swing going, all right, so this next challenge is over here. And let's see, you have to combine this. And I'm like, whoa, look who's right in there. And I love that they captured like people who aren't normally into photo mode. And it's kind of like very much like a Pokemon Snap type situation where you... Well, mine was like Pokemon Snap that I'll just go flying past and go, right, so I've got to get my uh, my car onto the top of the pyramid. All right, there we go. Bang, snap. All right, let's move on. Well, you're like, right, I just want to adjust the camera around so the sun's all nice and stuff. I'm like, stuff that. i got my points. Let's yeah. go. But it's it's still fun, like how you have to go like, all right, got to go under a bridge. Wait, I got to go under the bridge while flying inverted low altitude all at the same time. All right, let's do this. I love that instead of... It's not always just like, take a picture of a frog, take a picture of this building. Like, they actually make you do some fun stuff as well, like the touch and go on the cruise ship, where you have to, like, mm-hmm. just tap it with your, like, with your wheel in an aeroplane. I'd, it was such a cool implemented thing that you could just spend hours doing without doing a single race. And, you know, it's not a big waste of time, like, I feel I'm normally doing in, in games where Callan's like, hey, cool, I'm like, you know, 70% into this game now. How how much are you in it? I've seen that you've been playing for like 40 hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm 15% in. Like, what have you been doing? Taking photos, you know? So, but, but this time taking photos, you actually can level up and quite substantially. So I found that a lot of fun and that really boosted my enjoyment way more than I expected in this game. Um, I don't know if you agree, Callan, but I find like, Unfortunately, the weakest part for me in the game is the actual activities. Then, like, after the activities were quite varied. We you went over the, all the vehicles before, so they've all got their different, I guess, style of racing. Like, there's drifting, so you yes. got to rack up your points and you drift. There's drag racing, which is all about gear shifting. There's your normal street racing. There's off-road rally racing, motorbikes. You know, all these different styles. There's planes. You have to do like. Uh, stunts or you have to f- fly through checkpoints yeah at speed um there's a motorbike one so there's, there's a lot of variety there but it felt at the same time that when i was going from race to race it was like oh okay where's this random course oh yeah cool i didn't even know which city i was in half the time yeah well i just all i meant was that like the actual mechanics of the driving felt a bit floaty which doesn't matter when you're out having fun because it's all so fun but when you're actually like in there with a the focus to be like to win or to get through like and to navigate lots of trees or do like precision driving that's when i started feeling like uh, until like ages later when you can actually level up and get some decent handling yeah i also felt that the collision aspects were a bit off as well yeah which you know that was weird too because that is also something you can level up and i'm like i don't know if that should be a thing that you can level up i think that should just be already programmed in the game because there's like you unlock these things every time you go up a level and you get like a single point you can put towards like, okay, now your collision, uh, what what do you call it? Like um, like your collision, um, geez, I wouldn't even know how to put this, like the safety net of how much you can like slide past a tree if you're just about to nick it will, will be a bit more forgiving by 0.2%. I'm like, what? Yeah. But it's like, I found there's a lot of, uh, I guess, solid objects in this one, while in other games, that a fence, like a wooden fence, you'd normally go straight through. Yeah. In this one, you hit the fence and you stop, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Or when you crash into another car on the highway, um, 
rather than you just bounce, you know, in other games that you bounce, you might flip the car and then you might get get back and keep going. Because this is an arcade racer, right? We're not playing a sim racer. We're playing a fun racer. This one, you hit it, the screen goes into like this mini loading screen, then it resets you back. You lose about three to four seconds, which can be absolutely killer in a race. Yeah, yeah. I found that a lot. Like, also with the trees, I found um, trying to guess which trees are small enough to knock over. Because I was using a lot of my Forza 3 memory. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah this tree will just give way. Yeah. And then my monster truck will just be like stuck right there. I'm like, are you for true? Did you just do yeah. that? And it'll just be infuriating, yeah. especially when it's like a little bit dark and there's no actual track. They're just like, get to this point through this forest. I'm like, all right, here goes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's a bit of that. And I also felt that there was a bit of, you get in front of the opposition but then the opposition would suddenly catch up. So I'd be ahead by 15 seconds on the clock. I'm like, I've got this. Next minute, next checkpoint, they're two seconds behind me. I'm like, how the hell did you catch up that amount of time that quickly? Yeah, it's it's got that old uh, Super Mario Kart 64 yep. vibe going on. And then on. It, it, it got annoying, like, uh, I guess, you know, with that sort of, like, catch up for a good 10, 20 seconds or whatever. But then... There are some really long races in this, like really long. Like I did one that went for about 20 minutes Ooh. and I lost right at the end. And Ooh, yucky. I was thinking about it. In other games, when you're fighting a boss and a boss beats you at like low health, it's only a couple of minutes to get back to that boss and try again. Yeah, yeah, that's but true. But a 20 minute slog through a race to just like on the last corner, mess up and lose... Is just the most infuriating thing. Yeah, and I wonder how they could fix that. Like, I don't know if it's the same with your ones, but one that it was happening like that to me, there are a few races in the game where they make you go through certain parts of the race as a different vehicle. Um, and so okay. I was doing one where, like, all right, you start off in a rally car and you do this whole course, like, two laps. And once you've done two laps, you jump up a ramp and then you turn into, like, this off-road vehicle and you smash through some like open areas and then you know you turn into another vehicle and so on and so forth and i was i was winning at that rally bit every time only just but i you know and it was like taking a lot of concentration and do the two laps and hard turns and blah blah, blah and like yes finally won and then i'd transform into the off-road vehicle and like a buggy or something and i would get pretty good in that and then i'd lose that right at the end of the off-road section i thought oh well that's annoying and then I wish they'd just kind of make it a checkpoint that, all right, you've already beaten the rally one. Just try this off-road bit again, you know, if you press continue. But you have to do the whole rally bit again. So I'm like, oh, already I won this already. And then you do the two laps again, win, and then go back off-road again. Almost win and just that last 99% hit a rock or a tree again and lose. And I'd just be like so angry because I'm like, all right, and I know for a third time in a row, I have to go do those two laps in the rally car. And I'm like, I already have beaten this twice. I'm going to win again. Can't you see that I'm winning at this? Can we skip yeah. this first three or four minutes and just jump me straight into the bit that I'm losing at? Well, um, me losing on that 20-minute race scared me off some of the longer races for a while. Yep. I went back and eventually did it. I was like, yes, did it. But then there's one coast to coast. So you start in New York and you finish in LA. Ooh. It's a 40-minute race. Holy bejeebus. Now, we said before the map's about 50 minutes wide or whatever, but this was in the hypercars, which is the really fast cars. Wow. So that's, yeah. Um, so it was about 40 minutes for this race. And I'm not even joking. With 10% to go, I was in eighth place. Oh, no. And it was this back and forth, this whole race. Like I'd get in front and I'd crash and everyone would come <coughs> past me and I'd catch up and I'd pass them all again. And it was this back and forward. But in the last 10%, I managed to wind my way up the, um, past all the other cars, get into third place. Cause yeah, I only had to get third or second or first to get past it yep. at like 98%. And then at 99%, I managed to pass the guy in second and take first. I was so happy. Oh my God. But I was like, I'm like, I'm so happy I got past that. Never again. Oh, wow. I might, I'll, I might and, attempt that just once. I don't care what I come. I'm not yeah, doing it again. Yeah, just please attempt it because it was actually a really cool course. Like, I loved the course because it was so, because you're going across the entire map. So varied, so yeah. Was, 
d- different sceneries. You'd go through a day-night cycle. Um, you know, it, it was it was really cool, but at the same time, I was sweating at the end of it. My hands hurt <laughs> because I was just racing the whole time. You know, I was just like, oh my god, like I did it, oh. and I put that under control. I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not doing one of those again. Like that was ridiculous. Like that was just yeah. Wow. Um, another thing which was weird. Um, there are random times that there'll be snow on the course. So I was doing the drifting, which is all about grip on the track and sliding as well to get that nice drift going. Yep. And so I was attempting the last drift course, which is quite hard. And I was, I was getting quite good at it. Like I was getting my muscle memory down for all the turns and I was getting close to beating it. Yeah. Next minute I restarted again for like the 10th time or whatever. It's ice. It's turned to ice. Oh, I'm like, whole thing are you serious? So you can't drift. You were legit just sliding out everywhere. And it's like, oh, I'll restart again. Nah, it's still ice. Nah, it's still ice. Nah, it's still ice. So I turned it off. Oh, no. Uh, oh, and then on another one, I was doing one of these long races, actually. And for whatever reason, I restarted and it went into ice mode again. I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm like, all right, it's a long race. It's not like a drifting one. I, I can do this in the snow, I reckon. Yep. Anyway, I'm doing it, and then randomly, I pass this one corner, and then, like that, it's suddenly all dry. The snow's all gone. Like, I, p- I went around the corner, and it's all gone. No. <laughs> and it's okay. just normal again. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the rest of the track game, like, the rest of that race was normal. But it was just weird. It was just weird things how stuff like that happens. Well, well having said that, though, it sounds like there's a lot of whinging um, about this game happening, but there is heaps of really cool things because like uh with that uh with the world changing and all that i do have to mention that this um both the world map is probably one of my favorites that i've ever seen in any game and i'm just blown away with how impressive it is that you can just like be in this random spot in like in the city in new york and then you can zoom out of the map find a little spot in the grand canyon that you want to just like you know race a little boat into and you zoom right in and in less than like two or three seconds, you're there on a boat, just like zooming inside. And then if you're like, oh, wait, this is a bit boring. I want to I want to zoom out and I want to become a monster truck on a giant like skate course uh, down in the bottom, you know, south coast of America. And you zoom in and you're there already. Like the map is incredible. You can go right out till it's just like this sketched black and white drawing till you can zoom like right in to see like the grain of you know the bitumen on the road or like a blade of grass and the full details and traffic running around it just the loading time is incredible and i don't know yeah. how they did it the map can be a bit cumbersome and confusing to navigate sometimes but mm. mostly it's it's an incredible feat that i i'm just i'm so impressed by like and the whole you can go to the snow you can go to the desert you can go to forest and city and uh, like the ocean just in seconds. I'm like, how are you doing this? This is voodoo. And yeah, I, I yeah, thought that was, was very it was, cool. It was pretty It was pretty impressive, the, the map they put together. The fact that you can zoom into any city and then see the random traffic going around as well was bizarre too. Yeah, nuts. Um, like, it's just this ongoing thing. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, I thought this... I really wanted to bring this up, that um, for those who uh, haven't bought it yet or are thinking about it, it might look like it, and seem like it in all the promotion, but this is not a Forza Horizon game. Like, it's it's very similar in that there is a bunch of cars that you can race together, but it is like, it's more of a, it's a true Ubisoft game as a service, fun playground. Yeah. Like, if you compare it to Forza, like the visuals aren't going to be there. The handling isn't as like tight as a Forza game. It's not that kind. It's more of like, it's still a racing game. I think you still got to judge it on what it is that it is a racing game. Oh yeah, it's but going, don't it go is into going it up against Forza. Yeah, but don't go into it comparing it to like a game that doesn't have planes, that doesn't have boats, that doesn't have like helicopters and and you know like hovercrafts. But and then at, at the same time with Octopath Traveler, that's an RPG. Like I'm still going to put its story up against like Final Fantasy Seven, for instance, or whatever. Like. I'm I'm just saying I think we still got to look at it it is a racing game. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm just um warning our listeners that if if you go in this thinking like after you've played Horizon 
Forza Horizon 3, that this is your next thing before playing part four, you know, and thinking it's going to be this like tight racer. Like it, it's nowhere near as tight as any of the Forza Horizon games. Um, and, 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 the and world, nowhere near as pretty. Yeah, just not even as close. Like because And those worlds have a different... It is still open world and they are magnificent. But this is a lot more of a sandboxy, muck around, see what you can do type game like I, I found it more of a playground than like a, the Forza games that just have this other kind of focus of just like these brilliant tracks all joined together in this one big world whereas the Ubisoft one it just it feels to me it really did feel more like Steep than it did Forza Horizon in that like just kind of crazy outlandish extreme type of you know stunts and silliness it's a bit more silly upgrading vehicles feels very fun it is kind of random that it's got like these rpg elements that you unlock parts for your cars and there's like legendaries and there's common stuff and rare stuff and they're even color-coded that's kind of cool it's kind of weird though because it also holds back things like good handling you don't just buy a cool car and go like all right this one can handle well now you have to level it up yeah but you can share amongst the same disciplines of cars all the things that you collect um and your upgraded things so that is something and each time you do a skill or a different event you unlock two or three different um you know parts of the cars that you can then upgrade your car with every car you can um also customize with paint and liveries which i had a lot of fun with to make them all feel like a crew or you just press go like Callan does and have a multicolored crew that you just pick blue as your background uh, and that works too there's um there's a lot to do. No matter how much I upgraded it, though, the bikes always felt a bit rubbish for me. Um, but, uh, oh, planes were my favorite thing. They were super duper fun. I can't get enough of planes. Holy moly, I did every plane event I possibly could. The racing planes, the stunt planes, taking photos with planes, just a plane, 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 plane. I really love that. Um, and transforming. Buildings look like cardboard. They do. In the city? The, yes. The, um, the sort of the um, off-road and outer world sort of mountains and ranges look vastly better than cities. So again, it's like they just went and used their steep engine and made it in the summer or in like different, you know, because they were already good at environments and mountains. But yeah, buildings, not so much. No. But yeah, exploration Uh, is super fun. But um, yeah, I, I guess I guess we should uh, I guess we should look at trying to score this now. Yeah, yeah, we should. But what have you come to? Okay, so uh, saying all that, you know, it's good game. I did enjoy parts of it, other parts not so much, but it was good. Um, I'm going to give it a seven point eight. Wow. Okay, that's nice. That's funny because I gave it a seven point nine. So, oh well, super, no, has, to, has to go point one better, don't you? Oh, I I just went just one better. No, I, I just felt like I it wasn't so much going point one better than going a point one worse because I I wanted to give it an eight, but it's it's not an eight game. Just just misses for me just because it's just a bit floaty and a few too many little niggly bits. It is it is definitely worth jumping in and and having fun, especially if you're doing it with a bunch of friends. You know, and competing with even like, uh, you can just drive around spots and they're like, whoa, you just drove around this spot faster than this friend of yours. And he can be like, you what? And just, you know, they, they kind of make a game out of everything. So it's it's a good brainless one as well if you want to like turn on the podcast or have a listen to something while you're playing. You know, a bit of game train, uh, just saying. But yeah. Yeah, I got a world record once. That was fun. Yes. Yep. Yeah, as did I with, with the boats. How about you? Was, was yours a boats one? No, I'm not even sure what mine was for. Oh, I've seen a few of my friends have boats once. I think I even saw you up there saying, like, Callan has a boat world record. I think it's because no one's touching the boats much. But yeah, um, well, they, there you go. There you go. World record holders of Game Train. That being said, guys, that was The Crew 2. All right, uh, and that brings us to Games of Our Lives. Uh, and this is where we talk about our favorite game of every system we've ever owned. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the games, games of, of our, our lives. lives. And this episode, we are up to the Nintendo Wii. Now, this thing, 
Holy moly, wow. did it take the world by storm. Uh, hello, Reggie. Remember Reggie's E3 presentation with Dewey? Oh, man. That set that guy up for superstardom. Yeah, he's like still reigning in the love because of that presentation. Yep. Oh, man, this thing, like, this thing made mums and grandmas and hospitals and libraries and everything just jump into gaming. Like, console gaming became mainstream seemingly overnight because of this thing. Yep. It also put I, Nintendo I remember on the map playing again. it with, like, mum and dad and friends of theirs that would come over. Well, let's jump straight in. What was your favorite game that you ever owned? Uh, the reason why I bought the Wii, obviously, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Ah, beautiful. The old yep. Twilight Princess. That's the uh, the wolf one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, everything looked a bit more gritty and things like that. You know, your adult Link again. This was after Wind Waker where everyone lost it when it was like Kid Link with like... Yes. You know, this is This is what people wanted Wind Waker to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there was Waggle with the Wii remote to, you know... Oh, your bow and arrow sword. there. Yeah, things like that it was cool. I remember going to, into like a, a store and playing a demo of it and being like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really liked uh, Twilight Princess. So yeah, that was uh, um, it for me. It was the first game I bought on it. Ah, you know? cool. See, I think I I think I played Twilight Princess on the GameCube. Oh. Yeah, so... You're one of those people. I'm one of the... I just... I was too excited. I was like, yeah, uh, and jumped straight in, but... <coughs> Excuse me. But they launched at the same time. Yeah, I had a GameCube, though. Already. And I didn't get the Wii at launch. Oh, right. I was there, mate. I, on launch, like, I pre-ordered all this stuff. Like, I kept going into the shop and, and adding more stuff to my pre-order. And I had this big bag of stuff, like, coming out. I was, I was so excited for the Wii when it launched. Oh, I, I went all in. Nice. Well, as did... Half the planet, it seems. That thing sold more than like. Is that the best-selling console? I didn't. I didn't nah, actually. PlayStation Two still is. Oh, uh, well deserved. Well deserved. Um, yeah. Well, my favorite of this, I like, and there was a bunch. Like you know, Mario Galaxy was um, amazing, but uh, my favorite one, I have to say, was Wii Sports, um, and specifically the tennis in that. Just because, like, that's a shonky, shallow, dumb-looking game. But that was the game that first, like, when I plugged in my Wii and I, I first set up Wii Sports and you just read the instructions, you're like, you know, when you're first going like, okay, how in the world does all this waggly stuff work? And it just says like, all right, throw the ball and then hit it to serve. And it's like, what do you mean throw it and hit it to serve? Like, what button do I press to throw the ball? And they're like, no, just throw it, then hit it. I'm like, all right, so I guess I toss up like this and you just make a sort of throwing the ball upwards motion. He throws the ball up and you're like, and then I hit it like this and it slightly like vibrates in your hand and it taps the ball across the net and everyone who ever tried it, like girlfriends, friends, family, mums and dads, brothers, sisters, everyone who just had a go who was coming, you know, you'd be like, dude, just try this. You don't have to play for more than two minutes, but just serve this no matter what, especially people who had never sort of done this kind of thing before, which was most people at this stage, you just see this grin. And it happened to me, like, yeah. I just smiled, like, what well, did we, I just we, do? We did bowling a lot. Like, that's the one that we all played all the time, because that was awesome. Oh. And then um, I figured out, funnily enough, that um, uh, the sensor would work in other rooms, and I got that good at the bowling that I'd walk into the other room while playing people, not even look at the screen, flick my remote and get strikes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But I uh, know, it, it Forever was... the troll. Wii Sports, sorry, <laughs> forever the troll. <laughs> Wii Sports was seriously good fun. But you were saying that you love tennis. Why didn't you go get Mario Tennis Aces? Because you can put it on that same mode like in Wii Sports. No, because like I did love it and it was just incredible. But then like most of the like hardcore gamers, after a few months, I was like, oh, I just want to play games and, and press buttons again. You know, there was just okay. that, that window of pure magic. It was just like just for a second, we thought this is the future. This is what games yep. is now. Like, and then like you do it for a while and you realize you can just flick your wrist and there's all these kind of like little simple things. It's not 100% accurate. And like, you know, pressing buttons and all that will never be really replaced. And, but just for like, just for a second, the world was just this magical place where like you serve the ball on this, like you, it was like this virtual world. It just felt so satisfying. Um, mm. But yeah, so that, 
had to be my my choice for the for the Wii was Wii Sports Tennis. It just the way it, just that slight rumble when you tap the ball and the the sound it made on the remote control, like as well, like oh my god, just pure magic. And yeah, I really love that that little window in time. So um, yeah, that was mine. That was games of our lives. Um, which guys, that brings us. It's a bit of a shorter um, episode this time. It brings us. <laughs> Are you serious, mate? We've been gone for almost an hour. <laughs> well, I just mean in um, you know, in segments. This brings us to the end. And as always, we have our lame train, our love train, and our hype train to finish us off. So, firstly, as always, let's jump into the lame train. Callan, you want to let us yes. know what's your uh, lame train for this episode? Yep. I miss street dates breaking. <laughs> yeah, you do. Dude, there was something about him that was just a hype. You cannot be matched when something was about to break street date. I miss that so much. We have not... Uh, there's the occasional indie title or or random title that might break, but it's just not a big event anymore like it used to be. Like, the big AAAs used to break all the time. And people would go out of their ways to make these stores try and break street dates. And it was so much fun watching forums and the hype. And then when it would happen, the hype would be immense and you'd rush straight out to that store to get the game 24 hours earlier than it was released. Yeah, you'd get that text on your phone. Yeah, I was so much fun. And um, with Octopath, I was like, come on, just break the street date, someone, please. It felt like one that could possibly break, but it didn't. That's... Oh, it hasn't yet. Yeah. It still might. There's still five hours left before closer of business today. Wow. I love how high your hope is. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like we've done this as a lame train before on Game Train. I really do. In one of our I episodes. I think we've discussed this one somewhere before, but I'm bringing it up again. I don't mind because it is something I really do miss. Yes. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, not something that I like seeing going off weekly. I think that got a bit much, but just the occasional like... You know, let's say come September and Tomb Raider breaks street date. Like, I'll be really excited if that happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Y- 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 you know, just just the occasional one just just adds that bit of, ah, that extra bit of pump hype. Yeah. Hell, I'd be happy. I'd be happy if one of the publishers quietly rang up a store and got them to break so everyone breaks street date on a random game just for the extra hype that would build into that game and yeah. the extra publicity that game would get. That's that's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, true that. Like it'd be a weird marketing stunt, but I think it'd be a cool one just to not do it every time. Not like Ubisoft how it's like, oh, Assassin's Creed's uh, leaked again, guys. Like I wouldn't want to see every Assassin's Creed break street date because after the third one, you go, ah, uh, you guys are doing this marketing. But if they quietly did it once, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that's that's very true. Plus, I like street dates breaking with my slow internet. Because it usually just means I can play the game at the normal release date. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I'm always a day behind if I get it on release. I'm like, yeah, I got it. And they're like, cool, 20 gig download. I'm like, ah, there it goes. Yep. Um, nice. Well, my lame train is simple. And it was, you know, we, we talk about uh, Ubisoft's beautiful open world single player games. But my lame train is single player experiences that are dependent on servers. Um, oh, yeah, you've yeah. done this one before on this too. Exactly. And and like you, I've just been reminded of it. But this time by, of course, the crew too. Like our internet went down just for a few hours the other day and I couldn't play it. I couldn't play this game that I didn't even want to play with anyone online. I didn't care about high scores. I wasn't competing. I just wanted to drive around by myself in a one-player game. And they're like, sorry, you have no internet. I'm like, ah. And it brought well, back memories of playing Steep. And again... And, and and if I like pause it and go have lunch somewhere, you know, like just go and have something to eat, make a coffee, and I've taken a little bit too long, I'll come back in the middle of a race or something, and they're like, sorry, we kicked you out because you were inactive. I'm like, it's a one-player experience. I was well, inactive it, by myself. Similar story. Last night I went to play Tomb Raider, and for whatever reason, my internet was down for a few minutes. Wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. So I guess you agree with my lame train. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. so that's that one this episode. Uh, what about your love train? Uh, 
Okay, so my love train this week is seeing uh, the classification board actually go, hang on a second, we will actually approve We Happy Few. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, like that was that was great news all around. Like it shouldn't have been banned in the first place with, yes. with our R18 rating. So it's been given an R18 rating, which is fine, which is fair enough. But just the fact that um, the um, it was resubmitted and then yeah, the, the the proper outcome came out from it this time. I'm happy to see that. Yeah, it is annoying that they banned it in the first place, but it is nice and kind of big of them to say like, all right, we're going to review it to to be more in the modern age with our whole rating system. Like, finally, thank you. So yep. that's that's cool. Um, my love train. This episode is the Nintendo Switch. There, I love that thing so much, and I just even love it even more because lately I've just been on tour, been playing a bit of Octopath Traveler, Fallout Shelter, uh, Lumens. It's been incredible, and then I'm about to go on tour again, and I'll be taking that switch with me. And it's just it's changed the way I do everything in travel, and I love it. I absolutely love it. That's my love train. Um, okay, so that brings us to our last one of the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the Hype Train. Hype Train. Oh. Callan, hit me with your Hype Train. Uh, pff, it's, this one's easy, Octopath Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for this thing to break street yeah. date. How could it not be my Hype Train this week? That is true. You are you are oozing Octopath Traveler <laughs> like, like, right I'm, now. I'm pretty hyped for Shadow of the Tomb Raider now that I'm playing through the other Tomb Raiders. Like, yes. I'm really in- yep. But I'm just on the edge of my seat with hype for Octopath. Three hour teaser demo. And I'm like, I want to get to chapter two now. Yes, that is that is fair. Um, and mine is a, attached to my love train. My hype train is both Mega Man X Collection and Octopath Traveler are both going to be out in time for my big tour to the snow, where normally I'd have nothing, you know, in a, in a world before the uh, Nintendo Switch except my phone. But now I get to carry like eight Mega Man X games and this epic RPG with like the sprawling adventure and story. Like, wow. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. That's, uh, that's my hype train. Uh, and that is uh, the episode, ladies and gentlemen. You can um, you can catch us and ask us questions. If, if you've got any questions you want us to answer on the show or you want to just tell us that it was awesome or rubbish, uh, you know, jump onto our website, www.gametrainpodcast.com um, and tell us on there or jump onto our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast. You can catch us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash gametraintalk. You can catch us on Instagram, which is just at Game Train Podcast. You can even catch us on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Game Train Twitch. And that's all the things. Is that all the things? Yeah, that's all of them. That's all the things. Next time, uh, just to say it one more time in this episode, we will be reviewing Octopath Traveler. So Octopath be ready. Traveler. That's going to be good. Uh, Callan, you got anything else to say before I cut this off? No, I'm just waiting for Octopath Traveler now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Game Train. Game Train.